Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, good morning. So glad you are with us for worship this morning and that you are here for Q&A. And so this is your opportunity to text in questions. So if you have something that's just kind of stuck in your mind that you have questions about from the sermon this morning, I would encourage you to text them in. You'll see there's a phone number up on the screen. Send those in. And that's why Doug is here to answer them for you this morning. Quick transition. (laughs) Must sprint at all times. Um, so send in your questions this morning. We'd love the opportunity to to answer them. Thanks for watching. Yeah, so glad yeah. you're so glad you're here. Um, such a great. I know every single week I've said this in Q and A. I so appreciate James and the practicality. Yeah. Of the book of James, and it was in your face. It's very clear. Like there's no <laughs> nowhere to hide. Yeah. On this one, um, but then I love taking it into uh, biblical stewardship, perfect opportunity yeah. to go through that. Yeah, it is, I think where I really struggled in, in the text is not in the, uh, the first part. Clearly, if we are for rich because we are taking advantage of others, we're rich because we're not. That, that wasn't, I think, hard to figure out. I think what's hard to figure out is um, that... I mean, again, I was asked this morning by the the guy who had the lobster roll, yeah, but how often am I allowed to do that, uh, <laughs> you know, of that line? And I said to him what I said in the service. I said, uh, you don't have to answer to me about that. We all get to answer to our own master about that. But I think, I think what's challenging in the scriptures is, and maybe it's only challenging because our heart is so drawn to, mm-hmm. to stuff, but what does it mean that he's given me from 1 Timothy 6, all things to en- richly, all things to enjoy, so where is that balance uh, between what I am uh, can spend on enjoying uh, to the glory of God, and when I've crossed the line and entered into that land that James confronts where we have foolishly just stored up so much stuff that it's, we're never going to get to it. So it rusts, it rots, it gets moth-eaten. You know, that's, I think, the challenge of where that is. So I don't know if there'll be questions regarding that, but that's the tension that, that I have to constantly live in as a steward of when because I can go too far and feel guilty for enjoying something Hmm. and that's that's why I went to 1 Timothy 6. I don't want us to think that it's wrong to ever enjoy the abundance the Lord has given to us. Um, but sometimes that might seem funny, but that's, sometimes that's hard for me. My, this came really clear to me rec- nah, recently. It was probably three years ago, first time this happened. My oldest son, Clayton, uh, took me to lunch, and it was to a place he wanted to take me, and he wouldn't give me a menu. 
Interesting. Yeah. He said, I'm not giving you a menu because I don't want you to see the prices, number one. Number two, if you see a menu, then you won't order what you want. You'll order what's cheapest on the menu. You've seen that pretty – usually I order what's cheapest on the menu. Not always, but mostly. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) And then – and he said – so I'm going to order for you because I think I know what you enjoy and you won't order it if you don't. So uh, maybe I'm only speaking for me when I wrestle with that. But I wrestle with, all right, well, what is legitimate for me to enjoy and what mm-hmm. is um, that crossing the line of luxury and mm-hmm. spending stuff on myself that would be better invested elsewhere. Hmm. And I think sometimes there's a difference between what you spend on yourself and then what you spend on others, yeah. kind of in the thought process mm-hmm. of that, where sure. some have the tendency to spend more on themselves, less on others, or the reverse yeah, of that, worse. spend everything on others yeah. and nothing even basic, you know, mm-hmm. on themselves. So. Yeah. So I don't know. Any questions? We've got some questions. Okay. Um, first one here. So you said we'll be judged by how we give, mm. I thought as Christians, we would not be judged. Mm. Please explain. Yeah, thanks. This is one of those things. I appreciate that question because so many different things to explain. Mm-hmm. As Christians, we will, be not, we will not be judged according to our sin in the sense that our sin has been paid for. Uh, Romans 8.1 said there, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the judgment, and I tried to say it clearly, if it didn't come out, I apologize, but I hope you heard, not the judgment of hell. But there is, according to 1 Corinthians 3 and 2 Corinthians 5, at the judgment seat of Christ, which believers will be judged. Again, not for their sin, but for the for what they have done with the opportunity that God has given. My sin has been taken out of the way. Colossians 2, it's been taken out of the way and nailed to the cross. But I will be judged with the opportunities the Lord has given me. And so the resources, the abundance that God has given me is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I will be judged in terms of did I make the king the most of that kingdom opportunity or did I whiff, did I miss on that kingdom opportunity? And so I'm going to give an account for that as a believer. Hmm. So I hope that makes sense. There is the, mm-hmm. the judgment of hell. There is the judgment of the great white throne for which all believers will be judged according to their works in Revelation 20. And then there is the judgment seat of Christ which is where believers will give an account for what they have done. So if you want to read more about that, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning around verse 10 through verse 15, gives some specific instruction regarding the judgment seat of Christ. Mm. It's, a, it's a cool, a clear differentiation there between the sin. Mm-hmm. Yes, my sin is that taken, is taken out away. of the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, question, is it wrong to still give as a tithe, and they said 10%, uh-huh. since it's not in the New Testament? Okay, good, good question again. 
When I say we don't teach tithing, that doesn't mean that it's wrong to give 10%. I'm simply saying that the 10%, the tithe, was part of the Old Testament teaching. So Mm -hmm. uh, in a theocracy in the Old Testament, theocracy meaning where God is their king and they are the people of God, there was combined together both what we would think of as governmental social taxes and religious services all merged together. So uh, there was a tithe where 10% of people's income was intended to be given to support the priest, the Levites, who serviced the people religiously. Another 10% was given to support the national holidays uh, that the people were to celebrate as the people of God, and another ten percent every three years was be gi- was to be given to support the poor. What you and I would might think of as for social needs. So actually, in the Old Testament, there's roughly twenty three percent given annually, but not given, required annually that was to support both the national need, the needs of the people of God. So what you and I would think of as taxes. When the church is begun and the people of God now not a nation according to just Israel, but now the people of God All the sons of Abraham are the sons of faith within the church. There are no instructions given in letters to the churches regarding tithing. There is an instruction to give, but an amount is never defined. So we would teach what we would simply, if you're going to give a label to it, we would give it grace giving. I'm going to give in response to God's grace in my life, and I'm going to understand the priorities in giving are I am to give to make sure my elderly parents, if I have elderly parents, that they are provided for. I'm going to second, I'm going to give to those who spiritually invest in me. I'm going to materially invest in them. Uh, As the Lord directed, give to the local church. Third, I'm going to make sure that I provide for other believers who are in need. So uh, one of the outcomes of our Readyosity Fund here at CFC is that we wanted to be be ready to be generous, to help other believers, help those uh, in our community of faith who have needs. So we have a collection each year uh, for our Readyosity Fund, and then throughout the year we're able to help needs there. Uh, fourth, then, is for the expansion of the gospel. And so our Readyosity Fund not only helps the needs of those in our body, it does meet the needs of those in our community, uh, which is a gospel witness to mm-hmm. them as well. And so Absolutely. I didn't have minutes to share a Readyosity story, but we had a Readyosity story that I had hoped to share that we gave again to a person in our TESOL ministry, not necessarily, that's our teaching English to speakers of other languages. Uh, We gave to them because they were in an accident and they didn't have funds uh, because of that, weren't able to get to work. 
And so we shared with them, and it was a demonstration of the gospel. So not just to speak the words, but to demonstrate the gospel in action. So um, we do not say everybody should give 10%. We said, as I said in the message, that everyone should give as God has prospered them and they purpose in their heart. So uh, some people have tremendous abundance and capacity to give way, way, way more than 10%. Is it wrong to set it at 10%? No, not wrong to set it at 10%. But I would challenge you if you if your income has increased over time and your percentage has stayed the same, uh, I would ask you to at least consider the question, why is it that your living budget has so dramatically increased and your giving has not increased with it mm. as, as well? So uh, we've sought to simply say, we want our giving power to grow with our living power, if you will. As the Lord gives us phrase. more resources, we want our living power and giving power to grow the same. It's all a gift from him. Yes, and it's a stewardship mm -hmm. of it's his resources. So uh, I think if I'm starting from scratch, 10% uh, is simply a good guide to start with, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't think that's necessarily where we would stop. So a question from a parent here. Uh, would it be encouraged to bring our high school students along with us to Financial Peace University? Uh, yes. <laughs> and why do you say that, Tracy? Absolutely. Uh, so financial peace had a huge impact on our lives. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage anyone to start as early as they can in understanding biblical stewardship of their finances. So high school students are, we have an elementary and middle school student and they, they know the principles be behind um, spending wisely, saving, and giving generously, yeah. because that made such an impact on our lives when we learned that. So I would definitely encourage. And the last time we had financial peace in the spring, we had the opportunity to serve in there. And one of our most consistent groups, attenders each week, was our college and high school students. Yeah. It's a fantastic foundation. I agree. And so um, you may think, well, they don't have any resources to learn to manage. Actually, many of them do. Mm -hmm. And there's a biblical principle that says, he who is faithful, faithful with little will be faithful with much. So learning to be faithful before you have much uh, is a, a great way to start. So yeah, Tracy and her husband Brian did FPU, helped lead it in the spring that we just did it because it had been so impactful in their life. Huge you impact. You took it how many years after you were married? Oh, probably nine, ten years after we were married. Okay. And you, I'm not telling your story here, but you have said you dug a hole mm -hmm. and FPU was, uh, really helped you get back out of that hole. It was, yes, it was a huge help shifting our concept and understanding of money, how we use it. Um, I, Once we were out of debt, it was just this lift. Yeah, freedom. Freedom. Mm -hmm. There's this hope you can start planning for the yeah. future. And it very much reminded me just a tiny little glimpse of this is what the Lord provides through salvation, like the weight of sin. You're hopeless. It's unknown. Your future's fearful, not sure what's going to happen. You're worried about tomorrow. Yeah. That was just an example of that for me when we came out of that. I was like, oh, 
so reminded me of my sin issue. Mm. Um, so huh. just grateful yeah. for the opportunity to take the class. You know, when the scripture says the borrow is slave to the lender, mm-hmm. that that's a very real feeling that you don't necessarily experience until you're free from it and go, wow, right. that was a weight I didn't know I was carrying. Yes, absolutely. And not to say we've since then done everything perfectly. You know, what? it's a, I know, right? <laughs> it's a constant growing process, um, but it's a gift to be able to take the class. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge gift. Um, let's see. Sorry, I thought we had another quick question, but we're about out of time today. Quick question. Um, financial peace might be a good place to bring an unbeliever as well um, as a precursor to Alpha. So just a comment there. Yeah, and a felt need. Yeah, a felt need for sure. It's a practical need. It's a great place to invite people. We and we invite. It's a community class. It's open to everyone. So. Yeah, it's a good class. If we have a good question, we might try and do an extra one. We've got to go. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>